You're listening to Starting Place, a podcast of Training the Church. I'm your host, Elizabeth Woodson, and this season we are going to start with one topic that is essential to our faith, the gospel. The good news that Jesus has saved us from our sins. But the good news of salvation doesn't start in Matthew. It starts in Genesis. Because in order to understand the gospel, we have to know why Jesus had to come in the first place. And the answer to that question starts in Genesis and unfolds through the entirety of Scripture. On today's episode, we are going to jump in at the very beginning, Genesis 1 and 2. These two chapters, we read about how God created the world. Through his word, he speaks all of creation into existence. And special attention is given to his creation of humanity. In these two chapters, we learn about God and the identity and purpose he gave humans. As I discuss these two key passages with today's guest, Yana Janae Connor, she's going to drop some wisdom on us. And she's going to show us how the beginning of our Bible points us to how God designed us to flourish. For it is only when we live to love and worship him that everything and everyone thrives. Yana, what's up, girl? How are you doing? What's good? What's good in the hood? I'm really excited to be here, friend. I am. One, because, you know, I am a friend and a fan. I'm a friend first, fan second. But I'm really excited to be here joining you on your podcast. Congratulations. Thank you, because you are here for the first episode. Like, this is a big deal. And I am wow. super thankful that you are here to just join me and talk about all the things related to today's episode. But, man, Yana, obviously I know you, but can you tell the people who you are and some of the wonderful things that you have had your hands in over the years? I am a writer, uh, a Bible teacher, a preacher. It took me a while to, to own that. Um, <laughs> and and budding theologian, right? And so um, I hail from St. Louis, Missouri, but have been living in Durham, North Carolina, where I serve at a church called Vertical Church right outside of Durham um, in Hillsboro. Um, Liz has come and preached the I good have, word there. Um, and so I've been serving there for about a year as the discipleship director. And I just love our multicultural, multi-generational, little small church. Um, it's It's been a really, really sweet ride doing life with them. And when I'm not working there, I'm usually writing for folks like Jude 3 Project, She Reached Truth, uh, even got an opportunity to do some things with Lifeway, whoop, whoop. And yeah, and then as the Lord opens up opportunities for me to travel and speak, uh, I do a little bit of that as well. And then I have a podcast. I always forget about that. Um, it's like it's like Don't you forget. got all these children and you forget what their names are. Um, but yeah, then I have a podcast called Living Single with Yana Janae. And Liz was like my first guest, y'all. She was the first guest on my show. And so I am honored I am honored to return the favor, friend. Um, love what you do. Love your brilliant, brilliant mind and your heart for the Lord and God's people. So very, very excited to join you today. 
Well, thank you, sis. It is a privilege because you are more than a budding theologian. I will say that. Uh, you got some good thoughts about the Lord, and you're going to help us kick off our first season as we walk through the story of the Bible, specifically in the mm-hmm. Old Testament. And so we are starting very beginning Genesis 1 and 2, the creation narrative, a few pages in our Bible that do some really major things. Yeah. And so when I think about just how the biblical authors are describing the beginning of the world for us, the word that comes to mind for me is shalom. That's a good word. So Yana, and what, what does shalom mean? And where do you see it pop up in these first few pages of scripture? Shalom simply means wholeness, right? When I think about the word wholeness, I just think about just being on the couch under a blanket near a warm fire. Like it's 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 perfection, right? And I think we have these moments in our lives where we experience that shalom, but it's not continuous. Um, but yeah, think about your happy place, right? <laughs> like that's that's shalom. Um, it's wholeness. And in our Bibles, it's usually translated as peace, but peace is more of a byproduct of shalom. Uh, it's a byproduct of the wholeness that shalom brings. Um, and so if brokenness, right, is a, a fabric being torn into two, then then shalom would be these, this, this fabric being perfect without any scars, without any stretching. You know, we all got our jeans that stretch, and I'm like, this is like jeans from Madewell, yeah. okay? Like, <laughs> like perfect <laughs> pair of jeans. And I think we see shalom very clearly in the Bible in Genesis 1 and 2 in that last verse, in that very last verse in Genesis 2, when it says that Adam and Eve are standing in the garden they're both naked and they're without shame. Like, ah, <laughs> that line gets me every time because, like, we don't know anything of this kind of life. We don't know what it's like to stand before people clothed <laughs> and unashamed, right? We stand in front of people fully clothed, makeup on, hair did, all of that. And we still have all of these insecurities, all these uncertainties, like sort of raging through our our body and our mind. But here it is, Adam and Eve are standing before one another completely naked, not a stitch of clothing, right, on them. And they are under shame. And every time I read that verse, it just makes me stop and wonder, like, what is making this possible? What is it make, making it possible for them to stand before one another in this way and to not experience shame? And the answer is shalom, right? It's the wholeness and acceptance that they have in their relationship with God that allows them to stand naked in front of one another without shame or this preoccupation of themselves. Like we're very self-centered people, right? Like we're thinking that people are thinking, you know, X, Y, and Z about us. And they're they're like, yo, I don't even know your last name. Like, I don't, I don't know your mama. Like, I'm just not thinking about you. Right. But we are so self-centered. Um, but here it is because of their relationship with the Lord, because of the wholeness they experience with God, they're able to stand before one another and be unashamed. And not only that, it's the shalom that they have with one another, you know, right? That there's this acceptance, there's this 
love. And so there's no room for comparison or competition or for one person to prop them up as being more superior than the other. Like, it's just... It's beautiful, right? And I want my human experiences, right, to be like this. But here we see just this beautiful picture of Shalom because they are at peace. They're whole in their relationship with God, with one another, and then also with themselves, right? Like they have peace in their soul. So they're not struggling with social anxiety. They don't have fear of rejection. You know, they're not putting up defense mechanisms because they are secure. Uh, they have a sense of security in who and who they are. And so that's where I see Shalom, like, so perfectly in Genesis 1 and 2. It's just this picture of these two naked people standing before one another without shame. Because that puts them in a place of vulnerability, and mm-hmm. we don't like vulnerability. We try to cover it up and get run from it in lots of different ways in our reality. But it's just this beautiful um, picture of them just showing up in the fullness of who they are and being accepted in perfection, in relationship with God, in relationship with one another. You see this interconnectedness between creation, that they're supposed to care for creation and creation is supposed to provide for mm-hmm. them. They are freely in community with God. And, and sometimes what always stands out to me is what isn't said, right? There's no negativity. There's no division. Mm-hmm. There's nothing hard about it. There's nothing ugly. Like there, it's goodness. We see that repeated over and over. It's good. It's good. It's good. And we yeah. get to humanity. It's very good. And it just is everything was as it ought to be. Uh, And one of the reasons I love these two chapters is because they give such a beautiful vision of what our God designed for us. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It just just makes me feel like warm and fuzzy on the inside. It really does, particularly like this is what God wanted for Mm -hmm. us, right? And so the brokenness, the, the evil, the sin, all of this that we see death like this is not this is not the reality that we no. were created for and so i know a lot of times that when we experience these things people sort of want to blame god but it's like no like this is this was not god's vision no. for the world like we as humans we invited this kind of reality yep. um the moment that adam and eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And listen, you put me there, you put Liz there, you put anybody else there, like we all going to probably do the same thing, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. we going to mess um, it up. And so, yeah, like this is what God want. mm. wants and this is what he wanted and this is what he's trying to bring about through his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, I think about what we find in this place of Shalom. It's where we get life from, right? It's connected mm-hmm. to God It gives us identity, a sense of purpose and meaning and fulfillment. And when I think about culture, I think about people who are trying to find those things. Yeah. In so many different ways, trying to find who who they are, their authentic self. And you work with the peoples. Like you are serving folks in ministry, whether it is online, on social media, or even in the conversations you're having or just in the community. And what is maybe one way you see this in real time? People fighting to find identity outside of who God is. You know, we're all trying to escape like this brokenness, right? We're all trying to better our lives. And I think 
people are trying to find their identity, like in what they can produce. And I say that because there's this entrepreneurial culture, right? Where, you know, everybody wants to be a boss. Everybody wants to build, you know, wealth, (laughs) you know, all these other kinds of things. And I'm not saying that any of that is bad, but we have to be careful, right? Because we don't want to store up our treasures here on earth. Like all that stuff's going to pass away. But that's one way I find people trying to find their identity and even trying to bring shalom, right, Mm -hmm. to to their lives. They're like, yo, if I can, if I can produce, if I can make money, if I can uh, set up a, a certain kind of life for myself, then that's going to bring wholeness, right? It's going to be, bring peace to my life. And it's like, no, like those things don't, don't inevitably do that, right? Because inflation is a thing. Okay. Yep. Hallelujah. <laughs> we live in it. <laughs> <These> <laughs> you know prices. <laughs> No, it's not these food prices. It's it's these these hair braiding prices. Okay, Liz, that's that's what's getting on my nerves. I used to be able to get my hair braided for eighty dollars. Now these jokers want two hundred dollars, and they gonna charge you et- extra to blow dry your hair. What is what is that about? But you know what I'm saying. So I'm just, but like inflation is a thing. It's a thing, you know. But then also people are trying to find their identity in their relationships. Right? They're trying to find wholeness and shalom in their relationships. And so whether it's marriage, whether it's yeah kids and it's because they've been sold this narrative that this is what it means to be a whole human being, Mm -hmm. right? To have these kinds of relationships, this is what's going to bring wholeness to your life. And so I think we're trying to find our identity in things that we produce. I'm struggling with that all the time. You know, I am not what I do. I am who God who who God says me says I am, but in all of this, we're trying to escape brokenness and and find and find shalom, find peace. But I love when the psalmist says, "Like I have no good besides you," right? It's like, I like you are you are the you are the best thing. You are the only thing, and if I don't have you, then then I I don't have shalom, right? Like I don't I don't have peace. You know, we see that life comes from connection to God and the ways in which we are trying to find life, a reason for living, fulfillment, satisfaction, in just a very creative ways, but super insufficient ways. I think about, don't judge me, but I've been watching Hoarders. Oh, God. <laughs> Why, Liz? I don't Why? know. I don't know. We'll talk I about got, that later. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> but as I'm watching these people fill up their houses with stuff, right, and to hear their explanation... Um, and I remember one woman and she was talking to her daughter and she was like, this stuff is here. You're not like, hmm. like I need, I need uh, a sense of home and, and peace and love and fulfillment. And someone is finding it in her stuff. And we obviously can see that it is destroying their house. It is destroying their relationships, but yet, and so they keep going out and buying more stuff. Hmm. And it's a super extreme um, example, but really it is what happens because we try to find whether it's productivity, like you said, and we work ourselves to the bone and we're working for what, right? At the end of the day, what are you trying to achieve that is going to last forever? And with one bad business deal or one bad situation in the economy, like we said, inflation, it all evaporates. Mm-hmm. Everything is temporary, but the Lord. Yeah. But yet and still we keep and it's what I do. I'm not saying anything else that is not characteristic of what's happening in my own life. But it is what we see in this these first two pages is that the, what we're looking for through a connection with God, we already have. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's that's good. That's good, Liz, because, I mean, it makes me think about Genesis 3, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, what Eve was looking for, she already had. Already had. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Had. She was already like God, you know? She didn't need to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Like, she wasn't lacking anything. I mean, God was like, every tree in here, you know, you can eat of it. And I here's what's been blowing my mind is that they still had access to eat from the tree of life. Yeah. Like, they could have ate from the tree of life every single day, every yeah. meal if they wanted to, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but they they weren't supposed to eat from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but because they felt like they were missing out, because they felt like God was withholding something good from them, because they were convinced that there was something that they needed that they didn't already have, they... They ate, you know? Yeah. But they were already whole. They, they were, were already, already complete. Whole. You know, he, the enemy tempts them with this promise that you will be like God. And the thing is like, homie, you already were because you're made in his image. <laughs> and it just is, it gets me because it's the same stuff today. It's like, oh, you can find the goodness and hope and satisfaction and fulfillment over here, sis. And it's like, yo, you already have that with the Lord your source is him. Yeah. But th- what's also interesting about shalom is it isn't just what we receive from God, but it's what we, maybe the word I want to use is cultivate for one another, right? I think there's this yeah. responsibility that we have to make sure that I need to make sure that Yana's okay. Yana's making sure I'm okay. And when all of that happens, this place of wholeness and shalom gets maintained. Like God designed it. We see it. In Genesis 1, 26 to 28, like this, this this vision for living that God gives to, to humanity. And part of it is you receive life from being connected to God, but you also give life by being connected to other people. Yeah. You know, what does that look like for you? Because that sounds really big and high and lofty. But <laughs> as a woman who is connected to God by Jesus yeah. and you find your life in the Lord, what does it look like for you to pursue wholeness and peace for the folks around you. Yeah, here's here's what the Lord's been doing with me lately. It's just bringing me to this very simple place of being present with the person in front of me. Like sometimes, you know, the best way that we can love someone is by giving them our full, undivided attention mm-hmm. <laughs> of all the love languages, <laughs> you know, what we can do is be be present with them. And so the Lord has been inviting me to slow down <laughs> and to give people my eyes, you know, to give them my ears and, and my smiles, my hugs, whatever. And I'll be honest with you, that's been hard. It's, it's not... Been easy, but in that process, I get to get a better understanding of who they are as a person, understanding the longings of their hearts. It informs how I can be praying for them or even like tangible ways that I can encourage them. I think sometimes, particularly in ministry, there's just this temptation to just kind of be on autopilot Mm -hmm. and you know what you're supposed to say, how you're supposed to say it. You know the verses that you can direct people to. But sometimes when I take those shortcuts, <laughs> if yeah. you will, like I miss hearing from the Lord 
to really get direction and clarity on maybe what that person really needs or like listening to them, right? And when I do that, I'm usually prescribing something that they don't even need, you know? And we've all done that, right? Like we've come in with our advice and then that person says, well, you know, I understand what you're saying, but that's not really what... That's not really where I am, you know? (laughs) And and so being present Mm. has been sort of the pathway for me to to really bring shalom and life to the people around me. And what I love about that, Liz, is that like in order for me to do that, I have to be attuned to the spirit. Mm. I have to be, right? And so Even in that, like, I'm receiving life from him. And then it just feels like I'm working with God, you know, which is one of my favorite feelings in the world (laughs) is to feel like I'm working, working with God. What about you? You Yeah, I think for me it is uh, how do I want to— Obviously, I was on your podcast because I'm single, right? Living single, I'm single. And hey. I enjoy my season for all of you who are wondering. Um, but one thing... She all right. I, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm not, I'm not struggling. Um, but I think one thing that singles can struggle with is selfishness. Mm. And that, that we are concerned about ourselves because you just spend so much time around yourself. And mm. so in this season of my life, I think it is how can I be intentional about seeing and caring for people on a regular basis, right? Like, do I need to create systems for that? Do I need to create a little calendar reminder? But it's a phone call. It's a text message. It is dropping by to, hey, can I help you with something? It is not waiting to be asked and invited. It is coming in places in which that's okay to show up and serve for no reason other than I just want to love you well. Um, And I've learned that maybe in seasons past, I haven't been the best friend because it's not intentional, right? I might do it. And then I've got so much other stuff on my mind that I forget. And it's just like, no, Mm -hmm. you need to find a way to regularly show up and to love the people in your circle because you can't love everybody intensely like that. There's only the people that God has given to us. But for those who are in that circle that I'm showing up for them on a regular basis in the ways in which they need like you said, being present with them, not assuming I know what somebody needs, but knowing them well enough to listen and then respond. But it is, for me, it's the word intentional, I think is where I've been at and how humbling that is, but also a challenge to raise raise the standard in my own life. Uh, It's not just one text message. It's not just one phone call. It's not just one good meal. It's maybe that I would continue to do that on a regular basis, um, and that just becomes a habit of my life. And I think as a single person, I sometimes fight against that because my default focus can be on Elizabeth um, in ways that are not producing shalom for other people. Yo, you ain't lying. <laughs> Listen, Yana Janae Connor is my top priority, okay? <laughs> top priority. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, sometimes Jesus is one and then Yana is two, but then other days, you know, it just, it just kind of depends, you know? Um, but I love what you just said about intentionality. And I think particularly in relationships with, with others, because I think we have sort of bought this lie that like relationships are supposed to be organic and easy. And listen, I still have to be intentional with like some of my favorite people. You know, I still have to make choices, Mm -hmm. you know, um, with the people that I live with. I have to make a choice 
to not go to my room and be by myself and, you know, sit with them in the living room or sit with or even like to not eat my dinner on the couch, (laughs) but like eat it at the table. Right. So that we can have meaningful conversation so that I can be present with them. And that that comes at at a cost sometimes for what I want to do. And so we have to be intentional. It's not necessarily going to happen organically. But then even as that, as you said, like planning it, mm-hmm. you know, I love that my journal prompts me to think about my relationships. Yeah. Like what relationships do you want to prioritize this week? Mm-hmm. Who who do you need to follow up with? Mm-hmm. Like I need those kind of prompts because, yes, I, I am painfully self-centered. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it, it annoys me <laughs> like just how self-centered I am. And so we need those kind of prompts in our lives to to be able to love the people around us well. Amen. I'm going to land us here this season. We're talking about how the gospel unfolds throughout the entirety of Scripture. It doesn't just start in Matthew. It starts for us in Genesis. And so, Yana, when we think about Genesis 1 and 2, we think about this theme of shalom. How does it point us to the gospel? Man, I love this. I love this. One, because I love Jesus. He's <laughs> he's pretty great. But here's what I think we see in the story of the Bible. Like in Genesis 1 and 2, we see that humans, right, are naked and unashamed. Like mm-hmm. that's the shalom that they experience. And then in Genesis 3, we see that humans— move from being naked and unashamed to being covered and ashamed, right? And so they cover themselves up with fig leaves because they are ashamed. And we just see this play out all the way until we get to (laughs) to Matthew. And now in Christ, because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, we are now covered by his righteousness and can live life unashamed. Like this is what Jesus does for us on the cross. He brings us back to this place where we can live in the world unashamed. Why? Because his blood justifies us, making us right with God. His spirit renews us, regenerates us, making us alive so that we no longer have to live to the obligation of our flesh, but now we can live alive to the spirit. Like our senses are no longer dull, but now we have the power and the grace to like actually image God in the world in a way that brings about shalom. So I just, I just love this, right? That we move from this place of, you know, seeing that we are naked and unashamed to them being covered and unashamed. But now in Christ, we are covered in his righteousness and that we can live lives unashamed, that we can live uh, in such a way that we give ourselves to God and to others in a way where we bring about shalom because we're less worried about ourselves. We're not filled with all these insecurities because Christ liberates us. He frees us from all those things. Sis, <laughs> Amen and amen to all you just said. um, Before we got on, we were talking about how uh, we might get teary talking about this. And I was getting teary as you were sharing um, because what we see in the beginning of our Bibles, uh, the order of the story matters. The story shows us how God created the world. We're going to see, because obviously this is not the way things are right now, Mm -hmm. but we get a beautiful vision of what our God created us in. And he created us Mm -hmm. in this place of being 
uh, free to be in relationship with him, be in relationship with other people. Like you said, unashamed that everything was as it ought to be. It was this wholeness. It was this peace. It was perfection. It was beauty. It was goodness. And mm-hmm. this all comes because of our connection to the one who created us, that yeah. our lifeline, our life source is in God. And we will mm-hmm. see that the gospel says that Jesus reconnects a connection that was broken by sin. What we see in just two chapters is that our identity, purpose, belonging, the sense of who we are, uh, fulfillment, satisfaction, the things that we're all searching for only come through God. Only. That our life comes through him. Shalom comes through him. And mm-hmm. what I love about this story is it points us to ultimately our hope in Christ is that this environment of goodness and wholeness and shalom is what we will one day return to when our Savior returns. Hallelujah. Hey, friends. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Yana as much as I did. I want to let you know that each week, I'm going to close out the episode by giving you a question to help you think about what you just heard. Because my hope is not to just give you good information to listen to, but to help you think about how it connects to your own relationship with the Lord. So my question for you this week is this. Where are you finding identity outside of God? Maybe it's in your job, a relationship, your appearance, or even in your pain. Whatever it is, I want you to remember that because we were designed to live in shalom, our identity, significance, joy, the fullness of life can only be found in God. Thank you for listening to Starting Place. This podcast is designed to serve as an introduction, helping you understand and grow in your Christian faith. So if you are interested in learning more about today's topic or connecting with our guest, please check the show notes for more information. And if you're interested in supporting the work we do, we'd love it if you could leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. It helps other people find the show and connect with us. Until next time, grace and peace, y'all.